Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 57 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking about the Pat Sajak Show. I'm Joe Morata, along with my co-host, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Huh? Yeah, like, exactly. What? Uh, why? <laughs> the Pat Sajak Show. A puzzling choice, if you yeah. will. Uh, you Very so puzzling. <laughs> thank you guys so much for being with us here. Uh, if you're new to the show, you're wondering what we do. Each week is a different slice of retro pop culture. It is a retro pop culture celebration. And if you're not interested in the Pat Sajak Show, I'd be very surprised. But if you're not, we do have 56 <laughs> other episodes available where, Mr. Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. So you can find something you like. Last yeah. week we talked about Sega. Every every. Yeah. That. Yeah, Sega. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, that's pretty popular. But I do want to thank you guys for being with us here, whether you're a first timer or a long timer. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our very friendly Facebook group where you can talk about old, obscure, failed talk shows. Yes. Such as this one. This is like part two of old, obscure, failed it talk is. shows. Yes, because we talked about Chevy Chase not too long ago. We kind of have an informal, casual late night series that we've been doing here. That's true. We've talked about Leno versus Letterman and Conan. The demise of Conan. Yeah, basically. And uh, Quinn, I'd like to thank you for indulging me in this one. I'm sure I will be repaying the favor next week. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Things are going to be owed. I'm buying this one on credit. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for being with us. Buying a vowel. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. You can buy a vowel or uh, be a consonant over at our Facebook group if you'd like. It's a friendly group of folks who like old crap the way we do, Quinn. Yeah, home crap home. Home crap home. Join the Facebook group. It is nice over there. All right, Michael Quinn. So we're going to talk about the Pat Sajak show. Yes, the Wheel of Fortune guy. But is Vanna on this? She did make guest appearances. Oh, look she at did. That. She did. Hey, you and I have, have spent many precious moments. Yes, we have. Uh, in front of uh, grills, I should say, uh, such as White Castles. For a brief time. As 1989 then became 1990, there was a late-night talk show. It ran concurrently with The Tonight Show. Its existence, scarcely mentioned today because it, <laughs> it wasn't remarkable, right? Like this, I want to be clear. This was not a major embarrassing failure like The Chevy Chase Show. This was just a nothing burger. Yeah, like, this is just absolutely pure nothing. It's like a ghost talk show. It really, like, I like no that. No one knows that this exists. An abandoned talk show, right? It's like the weird rest stop that you can mysteriously get to, but you, you're you like, you shouldn't you're be like, there. I, should I be here? <laughs> like, is this okay? That's what happened if you were watching Channel 2 back then. Yeah. Like, what, should, what is this? I'm Pat Sajak. In case you haven't heard, I'm hosting my own late night talk show on CBS. Uh, and it wasn't like a cult classic like Short-lived as it was, Arsenio Hall show was very popular for a period right. of time. This is this is the ultimate. This is like the Sega 32X of talk shows. <laughs> like this right. is the like what it had a who lifespan, even had this? But who even had this? Right? Yeah. Like Chevy Chase is more like the Atari Jaguar, right. or something like that. Yeah. Get bit by Jaguar. It's crap. And because the show was so inoffensive, so banal and benign, there are few words to say. But today, Michael Quinn. We're going to find these words as we discuss the Pat Sajak show. Folks, here's your chance to turn it off. Go back an episode or two or 50. Hell, throw your phone in a river. Take up calligraphy. Make a damn omelet or a peanut butter pie. Anything else. Don't say I didn't warn you. But first of all, Quinn, very important question for you. 
What is a host? A host is a person that welcomes you <laughs> or something to either like any kind of show, like maybe it's a theater or maybe it's a TV show or something like that. They're the host. Sometimes the host is also the interviewer person or whatever. Okay. But there's also like other occasions like WrestleMania host where he's just like <laughs> the guy that literally like opens the show and then like introduces somebody like for something. Hi, I'm Kim Kardashian and I'm really excited to be your host for WrestleMania 24. That type of host also exists in other forms of media where the host is kind of like, I don't know, they're like the ringleader of, ring the, of, of the show. They're not really like part of it necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Now, you could you could host various things. You could host a game show. You could host a television show. And Pat Sajak is a host, right? Right. And I would say the consensus on him as a game show host with Bill Fortune is that he's a damn good game show very host. Very good host. Very right? like competent. I would say he's like in the Regis wheelhouse. Like Regis is a legend. He could host freaking anything, but Pat's up there. Was that a pun with wheelhouse? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Anyway, uh, by the late 1980s, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, as we've talked about, you can find that available in the archives. He was the established late night juggernaut, right? An, an institution. Yes. You're damn right. And I am not about to give it up for the idiot that hosts no whammy or whatever that bullshit is. I feel like that this story is really like an like an adjunct to the whole like who's going to replace Johnny Carson like big yeah, mystery of the late is. 80s like that in early 90s about like what are we going to do like this is all part of the like preparations where like all these people like <laughs> went into business for themselves basically let's say honestly in the networks especially yeah because the Tonight Show's thrown was unchallenged since 1962, even the Jack Parr era before that. But even the challenges now, like, that have been emerging in the late 80s, they're all, they're not touching Johnny Carson. No one did. No one did. Like, it's never, you could could take all the swings you want, you ain't taking this guy down. Like, he's way, he's like miles ahead of these people. You're right, and some people that did take a few swings, uh, in ABC canon, uh, the Joey Bishop show from 67 to 69. Nice. What is that? Are we going to cover that too? (laughs) No, but you know who his sidekick was you'll oh. like this regis philbin oh well they should have just called it the regis philbin it show, worked, and it, right they actually would have had a chance <laughs> exactly we walked up vine street the other day right. and it came to him just like that you gotta have a jacket too so we went in one of those mod shops and it was like a father picking out an easter day suit for his son do you imagine later regis oh my God. like i'm talking like post-millionaire fame with his own late night show he would have actually like drawn he may have, but I, I think that would have been short-lived, that Quinn. Regis. If you're new here, Quinn loves Regis Philbin you for can, reasons I can't explain. You can never doubt Regis. I could doubt him if I wanted to. He's one of the kings of the ABC canon. That I'll give you. Yeah. Uh, some other competitors that went head-to-head with Johnny, most infamously, I'd say, a very large-scale feud even erupted from this, was uh, Fox got into the game with their late show, and of course, who they chose to host it was none other than the former guest host for The Tonight Show, Joan Rivers. Yes, this was actually like, I feel like a competent idea. Yeah, she was a very popular guest host for Carson. Don Johnson came, isn't that nice? Yeah. Looking very great, he had a very sexy stubble, and so did Madonna. And then, oh, 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 grow up! What was this period of time where Carson, there was like a guest host like once a, once or twice a week? Once it was a like, week. Yeah, it was like a lot, right? He had and, once a week and then there was also like a best of Carson on another day. So he worked three days a week at that point. Right. And and like Joan Rivers became so regular 
That yep. like it was like, eh, why not? Well, no one's gonna really notice. Yeah, like, people loved her. She yeah. was great. So she had her show from eighty six to eighty eight, and it didn't do that well. Fox also, you got to remember, was a brand new network in eighty six. I feel like that played into it a bit, right? Yeah. It wasn't just like because I feel like if Joan Rivers was maybe on CBS or something, maybe she would have had like kind of a chance. I think so too. It didn't help matters that it was Fox. Another one that tried in the syndication realm was the much ballyhooed Thick of the Night. By what? Alan Thick, of course. What? Jason Seaver himself. Yeah, that, that seems unnecessary. <laughs> like, that, that just, no. It lasted like... a year. And plugging in now, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. David ne- Navarro. Uh, but CBS hadn't given it a try in the late night realm since the Merv Griffin show, uh, the nighttime one, from 1969 to 72. Hey! That came up against Carson. It didn't do well. Bottom line is no one could force the king of late night to abdicate his throne. It wasn't happening, okay? And that's an important plot point here. But CBS, undaunted nearly 20 years after that last foray with the Merv Griffin show, they decided to try their hand again. And who would answer CBS's call? Who could take CBS, Quinn, from a pretender to a contender? What untapped, yet-to-be-discovered talent could wage a formidable war in the late night realm? What about the Wheel of Fortune guy? What? Exactly. (laughs) I'm told this was an especially glamorous part of the city in its early days when dandies would march around in their diamond stick pins and their spats. I'm not sure how you became a dandy, actually. I think it was an elective office or something like that. I'm not really sure. This feels so unexpected. (laughs) It It feels so uncalled for. I, I feel like the viewers are just confused by the concept of this, right? Everything about this was confusing. So yeah. you guys know, if you've ever watched Wheel of Fortune, you know Pat Sajak. Mm-hmm. And like we said, he's a very good game show host. We like Pat Sajak. Uh, That's I the think thing. he's a great... Yeah. I don't even want to not like Pat Sajak. Right. Pat Sajak's awesome. This isn't Chevy Chase where I have no problem making fun of the guy. Yeah, Chevy Chase was a jerk. <laughs> he was like, an asshole. Nobody... <laughs> the, like, people wanted to see him fail. I'm sorry. They kind of did. But Pat... It almost feels like even though, like, obviously he signed on for it or whatever. Yes, of course. Like, you feel in your heart that he's being tricked or, like, deceived. Misled or, some, or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, the, why are they doing dirty to Pat? Like, this is messed up. <laughs> it is like, messed right? up. I guess we'll talk about Pat. They'll give you a little background. Uh, more is available in our Wheel of Fortune episode of LA Archives. That's enough! But Pat Sander was born in 1946 in Chicago, and he grew up loving broadcasting, which is always a... I've noticed, Quinn, Letterman, Conan, all these people. That's always a trend with these guys. With the greats? Yeah. yeah. I would put Pat up there with the greats, too, considering he's had like a show that's still on yeah. for, like what, 30-something years? 40, over 40 years. Good Lord, yeah. yeah. Uh, he grew up watching Jack Parr of yeah. The Tonight Show when he was 12, and he was doing his own shows with like a wooden spoon, mm-hmm. you know, some people just love broad. I love broadcast. I'm a big fan. Why do you think we do these episodes? Yeah. I mean, he just he people just have a knack for it, yeah. right? Yeah, they have yeah. an interest. One of the things that might be known about him is when he enlisted in the army in the '60s. He was sent to Vietnam first mm-hmm. to be a finance clerk, and he's like, "No, I want to be in radio. I like radio." And he desperately tried what to a get weird transferred. Job in Vietnam, right. a finance, finance clerk. clerk. He got transferred to Saigon for radio duty. Despite having zero radio experience, he just got on the air, right? right? He acted like he did. He kind of pretended his way in. This is Army Specialist Pat Sajak, busting the dawn on a Thursday morning. Ten minutes of AFAN News and Sports coming up on the hour. And what he did is he succeeded, uh, you know, Good Morning Vietnam, yes. right? 
Robin Williams' uh, character is based on a real person from Vietnam. Right. Did similar, not as wacky as Robin, obviously. He succeeded that guy. So he was like the gotcha. follow-up to the Robin Williams character. So, so he got in, um, and he, he, got got to, in. he got to do his dream. I mean, all the sur- soldiers got to hear his voice. Yep, and he was, you know, competent, quirky. And when he was done there, he landed a job at the Pentagon running a slide projector. What? <laughs> Still in the middle of bizarre <laughs> <I know>. job. <laughs> what, a finance clerk, slide projector operator? Like, <laughs> like what the... F- what? And all the guy wanted to do was be on radio, yeah. right? This whole time. And he kept looking, did not find any radio work after the Army, so he worked as a front desk clerk at the Madison Hotel in Washington, D.C. Who likes being a clerk? He's <laughs> very Just, clerkish. Yeah. He should have been in clerks. Yeah. That would have been funny. Stop. Eventually... He was able to land himself a job at a small radio station in Murray, Kentucky. Well, you got to start somewhere. I guess I, Murray I'll never, is a you place. Know, you know, I'll never, um, for for like somebody who wants to broadcast and stuff, I will never crap on like where they start. Oh, no, because, no. Like, I'm being funny. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. This is the kind of position where it's like there's only so many. If it's open... If it's in bumblefuck nowhere, you're going to take it if you want to just get started, right? And I think, honestly, Murray, Kentucky is right next to bumblefuck nowhere. Right. So if, there you go. If anyone is aware of Murray, Kentucky, or if you live there, my sincerest apologies. But, that, but that's, how you, that's how you get started, right? You just, yes. you just if it's open, you take it, You right? get your foot in the door. It doesn't matter how crumbling the door this is, This is the right? days before the internet. There yeah. is no, like, way to start your own, like, network or whatever. That's like, a great point, Quinn. This like, is 1972. If, if they have a radio tower... And they have a broadcasting place. You're you're there. Yeah. Is there a desk? Is there a microphone? Yeah. Sign me up. Right. So while he's there, he was looking for work in the nearest big city, which was Nashville, Tennessee, and he was able to land something. He became a staff announcer for the NBC affiliate WSM, and that led to him in 1977. So he's about 30, 31 here, becoming a weatherman. Some of you might have seen a. Remember before they were stars? Remember that show? I've seen some of Pat's weather escapades. That's where I first saw it. Well, the big question about all this heat, as Paul put it so well, is when will it end? Well, I'm afraid there's really no relief in sight, and that's the way meteorologists say. Well, forget it. And he was kind of a a quirky weatherman. Merv Griffin tells a story, because he saw him uh, doing the weather in L.A., which is where he went next. Pat would just do things for his own amusement, like he he did one um, with a bandage, right? Yeah, a bandage on one side, and then they went to commercial, yes. and they had the bandage on the other yes. side. And Murph thought this was real funny. Yeah, Murph's like, "Oh, it's good," but like, there nobody noticed it on the right, show. It right. was like very like deadpan, like not mentioned. And that is like that's indicative of Pat Sajak's understated style of humor because he yeah. is. I've said this before. He's quippy. He's funny. Right. He's not uproariously laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. though. Pat Sajak, right? Like even on Wheel, he's he just kind of plays this straight man that might have a little quirkiness underneath. Yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah. a good way to put it. So he was on NBC on KNBC at that time, and he was able to parlay that into a Sunday afternoon talk show, and he did some game show auditions. He had caught the eye of Merv Griffin, and on Wheel of Fortune, which was a popular NBC daytime game show. Right, Chuck Woolery was stepping down in ni- at the end of 1981. Good, <laughs> and we What's saw Chuck because he wasn't that good. We saw yeah, it. it. We, we we covered this. We did cover it. If you're yeah. interested, it's in the archives. So Chuck Woolery was stepping down, and Merv Griffin went to NBC and said, "I got the perfect guy to replace him, Pat Sajak." And they're like, "Who? Who the fuck yeah, is that? Fuck is, yeah, what? Some local guy doing yeah. weather? No." Mm-hmm. And he said, "You know what? Either you're going to hire him, or I'm shutting the show down." 
Hey man, I'm, <laughs> I, I I was a watcher of ABC Eyewitness News, and people definitely made it from the local to like Good Morning America. It, Hell it yeah, happens Sam all the Shankin time. Yeah, being one of them. What what Laura something? Lara Spencer. Lara Spencer. Yep. Yeah, like there's people. Like this is how they get their start. They do the local. You have to, like you said, you got to start somewhere, that's right? The, that's like if you're a wrestling fan, that's like the NXT of like right. television. It's like the local news yeah. and like the the soaps and shit like that. Yeah, it's the all, territories. Yeah, they're like that's where like everyone is like kind of like gunning for a spot in the main prime area. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you got to respect Merv Griffin going to bat for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you don't hire him, there's no more Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. That's pretty drastic. That's a threat. Because that was a successful show that he was willing to pull off the air for the sake of this one guy that he saw something in. Yeah. So props to Merv Griffin on that, good, right? Good job. Good job, Merv. And as you might know, if you've seen the clips, the transition was pretty smooth. He came on. He acted like he'd been doing it forever. Yep. Please do not adjust your sets at home. Chuck Woolery has not shrunk. A lot of people are playing with a vertical hold right now. As Jack mentioned, my name is Pat Sajak, and I've been fortunate enough to wander onto the set of a very successful program. Has been for a long time. And he took over Will of Fortune at the end of 81, and about a year later... He was joined by Vanna White as the new hostess. Up, and essentially, the rest was history. They were they were they went gangbusters. Like Will Fortune became like super popular, super. daytime, nighttime. Yep. Every, everyone like Vanna gets like an intro at the beginning because yep. everyone's just like, yeah, Vanna. <laughs> we're here for Vanna. <laughs> oh, Vanna. Yeah, um, but Pat Sajak was weirdly like. I feel like as a viewer. Yeah, Vanna was the draw. Mm-hmm. Pat Sajak was like your kind of like friendly, like he's just there on the side and you kind of like it would be weird without him kind of thing. Well, yeah, I think like, one of the reasons I think why Pat was so good here is he was anything but the typical parody of a game show host. You know how they always have the dyed black hair and, yeah. and first names like Wink. 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 You know, and, yeah. and all these prizes and you all just, that. Yeah, as, the, as the white to, teeth. As opposed to a lot of the regular hosts, like even like Alex Trebek, for example, he like seems like he's like part of the show or like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but Pat just seems like along for the ride in a way where he like he feels like he's you. He feels like he's the audience member. Like, okay, next we're gonna do this, right? I wonder if that's the the quality, the the character quality that Merv Griffin saw in him. He's just kind of like an everyman. Right, exactly. Right. You, don't, you, you don't you don't when I see Pat on wheel it doesn't feel like an unattainable thing. Like maybe I could host wheel or something, right, right? right? Like Pat doesn't seem like some crazy, amazing thing or anything. Whereas like Alex Trebek was very authoritative. He, this guy was like, he was serious. When I was a kid, this is not a joke. I thought Alex Trebek was some former professor. Yeah, or like, right, like right. I thought he was like legitimately like, oh, well you can't just host Jeopardy unless you're really smart right. or something, right? He carried himself with that air though, didn't he? Right, like this yeah. authoritative Stentonian, like, no, this this is serious here. I really thought he had like a PhD or something <laughs> like astrophysics or right. like I thought he was like the smartest man on earth. Like how did he figure out all these questions? Like, like he, he was on like another plane, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, someone like a Richard Dawson was like this kind of aloof charismatic character. Right. And even like, you know, Gene Rayburn from Match Game, your drunk uncle. But even uh Richard Dawson, right? Even he like he like blends into his show where it, he was the other polar opposite. I thought that this guy was some weird like 
party guy on yeah. the West Coast, and he like he just get drunk all the time. He, probably, and, he like, did, I think. Like, and like, but I thought that that like Family <laughs> Feud, like even but the name itself, it sounds like something some crazed party <laughs> drunk man would like think. Like Empire I feud. <laughs> maybe I was just a stupid kid, but I really did Not think you. that like the hosts somehow like were part of the thinking up of the show or. Something. You know what I mean? Like well, the way they, 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 they the way they presented it was like as if like oh no 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 he he thinks of all these wacky things to do on Family Feud or Alex Trebek he's he's writing writing all the, the clues right writing the clues yeah <laughs> like it's like I this this is how it was presented though to sure. the viewer but I think there is something to that that even like Bob Barker all those other hosts they seemed above the game in a way and not in a bad way right. Pat seemed like you said he was just kind of along for the ride, right? Just like kind of quipping, uh, ah, yeah, no, you're wrong, you know. Like, just, like I weirdly <laughs> cared, like if Pat had a life event or something, I wanted to know. But Wheel was very good with that when there was like a life event with Vanna and Pat. They yeah, would, they like were. they would like mention it and shit in yeah. the like after part where they like happy talk or whatever. Yeah, the happy talk was very cute. Yeah, like always at the end, it was very genuine. Like Vanna went on vacation. Here's some pictures. Yeah. Like it's like this would happen on the show all the time. It was so nice. Yeah. Uh, so the success of the daytime version was parlayed into the even more successful syndicated nighttime, which began in 83, and they hosted both, right? Mm-hmm. So he used, got Sajak in the day and Sajak at night. Welcome back to Wheel of Fortune. I'm Candace Bergen. It's worth mentioning that the syndicated version, that's the one that's still on today, the nighttime, that was the most successful show in syndication history at that point. Right, before Star Trek, obviously. Yeah, but, but <laughs> and Baywatch. But think about that. Yeah. That's how big this game show was. This, like, mm-hmm. dinky little, like, spin a wheel and yell letters. Like we said in the wheel episode, it's very easy to play along at home and, like, right. like the hosts are good. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of the perfect storm, right? It makes sense that it was like highly rated. Yeah, definitely. And I think that as you get closer to 1989, maybe you can start to see CBS's logic because this is a guy who was already familiar to people twice a day. People knew he was five days a yeah. week. Yeah, like literally on your screen ten times a week. The other thing is that this is the point in the show's history, Wheels history. Yep. I feel like this is like at the end of the 80s was the first time I think people were wondering was like, how long is this going to be on? Right. Right. Is like, is this just like a, wow, we had a good five to seven years or something. Right. And like, okay, that was fun. And then Vanna and Pat will go do something else and yeah. maybe, maybe they'll cancel Will. I don't know. But we'll like get some new jerk in there. Yeah, right? exactly. Like this is the first, this is worse. You have to remember, we're still at the point in the history of wheel where people like didn't know if it was going to be on for like 50 years or something like Price is Right. Or That's was it gonna, like, you know what I mean? Like nobody knew. Yeah. Like even the original Jeopardy was only on for what, 10 or something like that. Right. Or is it just going to kind of like go by the wayside? It yep. was a great hit. Get revived in 20 years, maybe. Yeah, bring it back later or something. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So meanwhile, over at CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Mm -hmm. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. They were dead last in primetime by 1988. And their late night situation was no better. Which so. is a peculiar place for CBS to be because yeah. they were kind of the original leaders, if you will, with well, Lucy and, and stuff then, like and that. And even all in the family after yeah, that. Yeah, like they they, uh, they always like were kind of on top. So this is an interesting position for them to be in. I think you're right. They were in the turlet by yeah. this point, Quinn. And they would have a revival in the 90s. We know that. Yes, they would. Murphy Brown. No. Yeah. <laughs> but Everyone loves Raymond mainly and <laughs> yes. stuff like that. And Murphy Brown, clearly, yeah. Quinn. Uh, after the Merv Griffin show had ended, Remember, that was 1972, the last time they mm-hmm. went late night. 
what they were doing on Monday to Thursday for late night for that 11, you know, and beyond slot was they were just running drama programs and a movie on Fridays. And by the mid 80s, just give you some figures here, that was pulling in about 4 million people. By comparison, Carson was getting around 6 million. Right. And Ted Koppel's Nightline on ABC was getting five to five and a half million. That's not surprising if you lived through the Nightline years. Yeah. Nightline was like, I feel like Nightline's positioning was it was an option when something like serious was going on in the news. Yeah. CNN existed and stuff, but like a lot of people watch the networks for their news. So if like there was some cable, if there was some shit going down, like, I don't know, the fall of the Soviet Union or something, they were not going to watch Carson that night. They were going to go over to Nightline and figure out what the hell's happening. That's a good point. Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. They were actually dismantling sections of the Berlin Wall today as jubilation spread across East and West Germany. Also, want to give you an idea without getting too into. We've talked about it this in syndication and stuff, but affiliates, right? The local stations mm-hmm. that are part of the CBS network, they don't have to run the the late night programming. That's not stipulated, right? And they were only about seventy percent of the affiliates were even picking up the network offering. By comparison, Carson on NBC, he had the upper nineties in terms of affiliate support. Right. So almost every affiliate was showing Carson, but CBS is crap that they were shoveling out in the late night. They had about 70%, and that's important because if you're going to put a new show on there, you want that to increase. Right, right. right. So, one guy that wanted it to increase was Michael Brockman, who was the vice president of daytime children's and late night programming for CBS at this time. He wanted to win back these affiliates, and his idea was to establish a late night talk show that could hang in there so that when Johnny Carson retired, there would be an established show already. So, this, in a weird way also, I'm not going to lie... This seems risky, and I'll tell you why. Because you could actually go the news route instead and take on Nightline. Yes, you could. Because CBS has respect, you know? Like sure. they, they, like they, they had Cronkite before that. Yeah, like, it's not like they're, like, slouches with their news department. <laughs> right. Like, it is, like, all I'm saying is it's somewhat risky. They could do 60 Minutes Evening or something. I get they could have. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm getting at is that they literally like had a good news department. Yes. And Carson is so entrenched, right? Entrenched and like it seems like you can't topple Carson. No one did. And and, and and I don't know, it just seems like this is a risky move from the onset to like let's go let's go the late night route rather than the news route. I think you're right, Quinn, and the other gambit that they were taking here is Carson had like a year left on his contract. I think it ended in eighty nine, but he had never once said, nor had anyone, that he was stepping down in eighty nine. Right. What if the guy decided to do another eight years? Yeah. You know, like now you're trying to just get a show on the air, but not do well yeah, for eight years. This is years. also kind of playing off the rumor mill a little bit, CBS, like that everyone was kind of expecting Johnny. Yes. Like the, the, the gaga was that Johnny Carson, he's he's getting ready. He's, yeah. they, I feel like for like a decade, they were like, he's, he's going to go. Like, this is it, right? Pretty much. You're right, though. That's, yeah. that's totally what it was. Uh, Michael Brockman had a quote here to give you an idea of the psyche. We are not going to kill off the Tonight Show. It's an institution, but there is a point in time when Carson may not want to do the show anymore. I would like to be in place when that happens. So basically, they just want to get in vulture position. Yeah. They want to just sit, like, even if this show doesn't work, right, we'll just keep <laughs> bankrolling it just so it's, like, waiting and waiting. It's waiting, like, in the bush, right? It's like, it's <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's in wait, a bush. It's wait, it's just, it's just waiting for Johnny Carson to leave and then just like, oh, we can, then, then we'll just push the shit out of it. Right. And it's like, people are going to switch to this, right? To me, that doesn't, I don't work in television. Yeah. That doesn't sound wise. 
because you don't know how long you're going to yeah. have to sustain that. Right. Either, right. It's like if if the execs get cold feet, and they're like, we're not going to put money behind this anymore. It, like, if like Johnny Car- money. Like if a year from now, Johnny Carson's still going, they're like, why the fuck are we pouring money into this shit? Right. Very good point, Gwen. Very good point. Um, now, Brockman had known Pat Sajak since the late 70s when they were both working for NBC at the time. And it was then that Pat Sajak had expressed an interest in hosting his own talk show. Right. And Michael Brockman kept that in mind. We know that Pat Sajak went to wheel. But in 1986, the two met up again, and they tried to make this idea of Pat hosting a talk show a reality. And by July of 1988, it was officially announced. The Pat Sajak Show is coming to CBS. I'm Pat Sajak. My new late-night talk show on CBS has to compete with those adult movies on cable. To be fair, pulling in a game show host was not without precedent. Um, Plenty of talk show hosts were game show hosts like Merv Griffin, Steve Allen, and Johnny Carson. So it's not, like you said earlier, you have to start somewhere. That's the old days, though. I think yeah, it's the fifties. Gotta right. remember too is the eighties and early nineties. The comedy's edgier. <sighs> like Dave Letterman is more a better balance. Yeah, because he was a stand-up too. Right, but also there's there's plenty of comics out there that are super edgy at this point in time too that they could have just like instead put in the position. They could have. They they're really going old school with this did. route of like a game show host, right? The radio and game show. That is very old school. You're right about Even that. Even then, yeah. yeah. Pat's a little old for his years, I think, in that way. Uh, and, and again, it's nothing against like Pat's talent. It's just the times had changed. That's a good point. Like, imagine if they got like I don't know Eddie Murphy or something. Something like that's that's raw and edgy for this time period. Eddie Murphy was raw. God, imagine something like George Carlin or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like something like people are like, yeah, this is badass. I right? like that Quinn. Sam yeah. Kinison. I, oh I don't my know. God, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I just mean like just something where it's like with the times. With that, the times. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Pat Sajak is kind of timeless yeah. in a way. In yeah. a way, right? The other thing with Pat Sajak too is that whereas a Steve Allen. And uh, Johnny Carson and a Merv Griffin and a lot of other people were either stand-up comedians or, at the very least, comedy writers. Pat Sajak was not... Like, he was just a person with, like, a good sense of humor. That's I don't, true. I don't know how else to, like, put but it. I'll, but I'll say this, you know, the thing that we, we do tend to forget is that TV had a lot of really good writers during this period of time. Like, Conan O'Brien was just a writer. Yes, he was. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he there was. was. But there was a lot of people like him. You're just right. sitting on the bench doing writing. That's a good they point. Weren't, they weren't performing. And so, like, maybe CBS thought, you know what? We have confidence the writers can give Pat. Pat's a good host. Whatever you give him, he's going to put it out there, right? Sure. And he's going to present it well. He'll sell it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Maybe that's what was the, the calculus, right? It was like maybe Pat's just like a conduit for the writers. Okay, fair enough. You know? I'll give you that. So Michael Brockman was actually able to get, remember we were talking about the affiliate clearances, they were down in the 70s, he was able to get about 90% of the affiliates to pick up this show Mm pre-production. That's a big leap from where they were, so so far so good. But bear in mind, affiliates were not committed to contracts, so they could drop this show at any time and replace it with whatever syndicated crap they wanted to if it wasn't doing well. That's the one thing. So what they did in preparation for this is they built a new soundstage over at Television Studios. Still used to this day. I believe it was used for Late Night with Craig Ferguson. There you it go. went on to be used for Tyra Banks show. Uh, that cost- God, that Tyra Banks show. That's <laughs> Sorry. A, that's a memory. Sorry for bringing that up. Pat Sajak was signed to a two-year contract. $60,000 a week is the rumor on that one, okay? 
And Pat Sajak had some quotes here that I find very telling. Hmm. We're not looking to raise the level of TV. <laughs> and another one, we want people to know we're coming, but we don't want to build up expectations. <laughs> I got to say, that's a pretty, you know, that page is $62,000. That's, that's not a bad chunk of change. A week? Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. A week? But what <laughs> most Americans make in a year. Yeah, right? I know. Now, what do you think, though? Are those comments... You know how, like, Chevy Chase, we were making fun of him because, like, he was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I don't know how this show is going to go. Yeah, this, <laughs> you know what the, I'm already noticing is, like, there seems to be, I don't know, preparation that's actually, like, competent, not, yeah. let's just throw a bunch of money and buy a studio <laughs> yeah. and, and, like, may, and not really communicate with the host or anything. Right. Like, God, the Chevy Chase show is such a disaster in comparison to this. Yeah, so far, so good, right? Yeah. And Pat, I think, is trying to level to buoy, if you will, these expectations mm -hmm. by saying, look, don't expect too much from me, basically. But that's in line with the whole, like, let's just make this and hope Johnny Carson retires bit. Right. Right? It's like... <laughs> now, do you think that that's a safe approach? Oh, it's safe. Is but it? I, I think it's safe in the, for the wrong reasons. I think you're right, because yeah. you're almost shooting... Not that you're shooting yourself in the foot, but you're almost... It's like if your defense attorney believes you're guilty. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like... This, eh. is, this is like landing on the moon... And like, be, like leaving someone there, like just in case more people come. Like, <laughs> what? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're planting your flag, but like, there's not a real good likelihood that anybody's gonna like try to take the the land from you. You know what I'm saying? Leaving someone on the moon just to like guard, like just like, hey, we we got this, right? There's no one here. You're guarding from nobody. That's what yeah. this show is. Yeah, to you. Like, I like that. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> that was good, Quinn. Pat hosted his, uh, he had to give up something in order to be able to do this, right? Yep. Uh, Time-wise. So he decided he was going to give up the daytime wheel because the nighttime one's more successful. Mm -hmm. uh, so he hosted his final daytime wheel on January 9th, 1989, including a special appearance by Merv Griffin, who swung by to say thank you. Mm-hmm. I've been doing the show about seven years now, and this is my last daytime Wheel of Fortune, but I will continue uh, to be on the nighttime show, and I know we'll be seeing a lot of you there. And as we all know, uh, Rolf Bernischka was handed the reins briefly before Bob Gowen took over. Do we all know? <laughs> like, that's it's okay. a bit of a stretch. Some of you might know that uh, Rolf Bernischka took over briefly, and he was very awkward at it. Uh -huh. Anyway, that same night, mark your calendars, folks, January 9th, 1989, the world saw the debut of the Pat Sajak show. And we're going to tell you all about it very shortly. Because on the other side of this break, we got to get into the show itself, right? Mm -hmm. How did it go? How was it received? How long did it last? All of those questions will be answered. In the meantime, why don't you buy a vowel? Yep. Solve the puzzle. Use the bathroom, okay? Whatever yeah. you got to do. On the other side of this break, it is the thrilling conclusion to the Pat Sajak show with more. That's Watch Memories returns. He's modest. Boy, is that a pause all for me or is Heather Lochner standing behind me? Tell the truth. He's honest. I'm rather moved by that. Were you moved by that? I've never seen a man dance with himself quite with so With himself before. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to try to get yourself drunk and take yourself home. <laughs> He's Mr. Song and Dance. I'd like to do a little song for him. Left a good job in the city. He's a perfect host. I look like Jack the Ripper next to you. Don't <laughs> He's Pat Sajak. Hi. 
I'm Arsenio, Arsenio Hall. Arsenio, sit down. Sit down. Ma, just watch. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you about the start of a brand new late night talk show. Arsenio, it's do you have to wear that dumb earring? Ma, do you have to be in my commercial? <laughs> Tune in January 3rd for the premiere of the Arsenio Hall Show. I'll have big stars, I'll have great music. And I'll he's going to be dressed in a brand new suit. Coming to WPTT, Pittsburgh 22. Tonight, the laughs start with Johnny and his guests, comedian Paul Reiser and lovable Jason Bateman. Then, on Late Night, Eric Dickerson sings and Tom Jones carries a pig. Or is it Eric Dickerson runs and Tom Jones carries a tune? Whatever. It's a show not to be missed. Dave and the gang, tonight. Ma'am, so what do you think of Wendy's new chicken parmesan sandwich? Authentico, la mia ricetta. Mama says it tastes like hers, too much like hers. Chi ha rubato la mia ricetta? No, Mama, nobody stole your no, recipe. No, la mia sorella Antonetta. I wasn't just Sister Antonetta. Try Wendy's delicious new chicken parmesan sandwich. A whole chicken breast filet, real mozzarella, and a rich tomato sauce. It's at Wendy's now, but only for a limited time. She didn't sell your recipe to nobody, Mama. Wendy's new chicken parmesan sandwich. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, you came back. Episode, wow. <laughs> episode wow, 57. you came back. I'm very proud of you guys yeah. for making it. Episode 57, acid-washed memories. Joe Morata here with Michael Quinn, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking about the Pat Sajak show because somebody has to, <laughs> you know? Is this, this is going to be like the only podcast ever about the Pat Sajak show exclusively. Good. Sometimes it's okay to be unique. There's got to be a resource for the Pat Sajak show. In the, like YouTube's obviously got to cover, but oh, the yeah, Pat yeah. Sajak show in podcast form. We got to do it. It's got to be done. I mean, we, we do the heavy hitters. S somebody has to. Somebody has to. Like, is, is there even like a, a podcast about the Chevy Chase show? I don't think so. Yeah. And, and again, except ours. Right. You know, we'd, we'd go mainstream, folks. We did Sega last week. We did Full House These are topics that. that a lot of people have covered, right. but the Pat Sajak show. No one's listening to this episode right, right. now. And sometimes you just got to plant your flag on the moon right. and hope that more people show up, Quinn. Just, you're just in case just more people show up. Just in case more people show up. God, imagine funding that. Like, it's like we got to send food and just keep feeding the dude to watch the moon. Just, you know. To babysit the moon. Yeah, just because you have to keep, like, sending resources. That's the worst part, right? It's because there's no restaurants on the moon. Exactly. You know why? There's no atmosphere. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Follow us on please follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast. Uh, shoot us a shoot us a f request to join our group on Facebook. Yeah. And really, thank you for being here because this is very important. This episode. Uh, also, leave us a review if you don't mind, preferably a, a good one on yeah, <laughs> your favorite podcast nice. ad. That'd be really good. Anyway, we were talking about the Pat Sajak show. Mr. Wheel of Fortune himself, he steps down. And as we all know, Rolf Bernischka took over Quinn. Yeah, and as, as none of us know. As no one knows, except Jeff. The first episode of the Pat Sajak show was January 9th, 1989. And I think in keeping with our fashion here, why don't we just get a little snippet of the beginning of it and see what we think. And all of you can hear it along with us. Very Tonight Show with the curtain and everything. Yeah. He looks peppy for it. He does a rotating peppy. stage. I like that. You like it? I mean, that's snazzy, right? <laughs> it's snazz. All right, let's I see. I like Pat's hair here. It's poor. Yeah. Let's get some uh, jokes, Pat. What do you got for us? Yeah. 
Cut <laughs> it out. The Salvation's a little overdone here. Very well trained. Thank you very much. <laughs> Boy, now that I've got you all here, I'd like to talk to you about something called Herbalife, if I may. <laughs> that was pretty good. No, not really. Thank you. That was a tremendous reception, and it fills me with the energy I need because uh, I didn't sleep well last night. A lot of anxiety about the new show, and as if that weren't enough, I had a really weird dream. Would you like to hear about it by any chance? I, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's hear about it. Hoot, 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 hoot. What are they going to say? No, say Jack. Uh, uh, you know how Time Magazine names their man of the year every year, and if you saw the issue a couple of weeks ago, they named Earth as planet of the year and the dream I had was that Earth was being disqualified for being the home of Morton Downey Jr. so they had to take <laughs> oh. Lord, he, he can do things uh, he's not day horrible day. he can day. deliver so we were getting planned and getting ready for this uh, I got a call this afternoon in my office from none other than President Reagan who wished me uh, very good luck in the Super Bowl I need it and in I, the Super Bowl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, was fu- that was funny I'll give him that yeah he's alright like again it's not good but it's not bad it's just kind of there especially like for someone that's not a stand-up comedian right right? yeah he delivered the monologue well but this is what i mean about just good hosts look who's on this chevy chase yes future host himself chevy chase was his guest along with joan van ark the judds peter uberoth who was the outgoing commissioner of major league baseball michael gross the dad from family ties Hmm. and then finally uh, a stand-up performance by a comedian named Dennis Wolfberg. Does that sound like a lot to you? Yes. I'll tell you why. This was a 90-minute show! What? Yes. The fu- Who's watching all of that? It's <laughs> a lot for somebody I've never seen a show about. <laughs> so let's just be clear here. 90-minute talk show. Now, The Tonight Show had cut back to an hour like in the 60s or something like that. Even they knew. Or the 70s. Nobody's even up anymore by that point. Like, what are you doing? Um, But I got to tell you, the critical reception was warm enough, right? It wasn't scathing reviews or anything like that for the first episode in the first week. But that seems so... That makes sense, right? Because he... Like, here's the thing. Again, you watch even a couple of minutes of that or a couple of seconds, whatever... He seems welcoming. He seems like, hey, this isn't that bad. The The water's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. We, we can come and enjoy this, right? Come sit it's, on the moon with me. Yeah, come sit <laughs> on the moon with me. Nobody else is here. But, like, <laughs> it really doesn't seem like like it should be that bad. But the other problem is it doesn't seem great or anything. Right. It, it's not like the crowd's, like, pissing their pants because it's so funny and they're like, they can't get enough of this shit, right? Right, like, right, right. And the critics weren't pissing their pants either. But it wasn't like, remember we watched Chevy's first monologue and it's right. like, dude, where are you? Like, well, Chevy Chase is on the moon. <laughs> like, he's actually on the moon. Like, <laughs> That's why he's on this show, obviously. Pat's just metaphorically on the moon. Like, yeah, Chevy Chase is there. God, remember his monologue? He's like, yeah, um... Oh, I'm nervous. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, I don't know why you are here. Didn't you do live TV on mm-hmm. NBC? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not pull that I off? I don't know. Anywho, the ratings. Now, this probably won't surprise you, Quinn, but maybe it'll surprise some people. Uh, for the first episode, 6.2, a whole point higher than The Tonight Show. Does that surprise you? It doesn't just because of people's curiosity. Correct. They probably saw the, you know, the hyping it up and stuff and they were like yeah let's go check this out and then they probably just switch back to Carson the next night because again it doesn't blow you away it's it's just kind of like hey this is Johnny Carson just with a different guy yeah just a totally different guy and no Ed McMahon you know it's it's a little uncomfortable but it's not bad 
Well, the following week, that's right, the second week of the show, uh, the ratings were down in the threes. Okay. Again, makes sense. Makes sense. Everything's tracking here, right? Everything's this tracking. This is why we planted our flag on the moon. The first night, everyone's like, wow, there's a whole, there's a dude on the moon. <laughs> then, then they're like, oh, and whatever. Yeah. Like, that happened. Let him, let him sit there. We don't yeah. care about him. If you just want a break from your late night routine, make a break for the Pat Sajak Show right after News Center 6 Night Team Report. Three is a lot lower probably than they wanted to sustain for that point, but adding to all of this, right, is that another... Late night talk show had debuted right around the same time uh, hmm. in syndication. The Arsenio Hall show. James Brown is in jail, y'all. He's a sex machine now. And I'll tell you what, that in syndication thing, that feels almost like haunting in a way, because remember how you were mentioning that like 90% or something? Yeah. And how they could go put any syndicated yes. crap on instead. Including if they, this. That means if Arsenio syndicated, he can just fill the slot instead. Yeah. Yeah, he actually could. He's an option. If they wanted to put Arsenio on in Pat Sajak's slot, they could. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, the thing with Arsenio, as a lot of you know, is he very quickly caught fire. Remember when we were talking... What if we had, like, an edgier comedian, someone younger, more of the times? Right. Arsenio wasn't, like, world famous in the 80s, but he was also a very popular comedian, and he was just, like, a popular figure, I guess, is and the I best mean, way to say And, I mean, if anybody saw Coming to America yeah. around this same time. <laughs> exactly. He was, you know, he was in the movie. He he was Eddie Murphy's, like, sidekick in yep. the movie, but he was, he definitely had funny scenes, and, like, people knew who he was. He was, yep. like, he was kind of the straight man in that movie telling yep. the prince, like, hey, like, what the hell are you doing here? Exactly. Right? And not only that... He had experience hosting a late night talk show because he was one of the guest hosts for Fox's show when Joan Rivers left. Right. So they got him a show, which became popular for about, th- really popular for about three years until mm-hmm. like 92 ish, right? right? It had like a brief, real surge of popularity. I kind of find it kind of just weird in general that Arsenio didn't last because he just seemed to have it. He did. I mean, yeah. his show was, people loved his show. It's, it, right? it's always a weird artifact that Arsenio didn't, like, make it long term. Yeah, you're right. And here's, you know what, one of, one of the issues here, too, Quinn, with this whole thing is we were talking about how the Pat Sajak show is basically just the Tonight Show, but with a different guy. And that was intentional, right? So, like, you come out with the monologue in front of the curtain. You have the band leader, and you have your sidekick announcer guy, and you do the guess, and there's like the fake trees in the background, right? Like the it's, whole thing. It's the same show. In fact, it almost seems like Pat's just keeping the seat warm for when Johnny Carson retires and they want to put like a real person in there. <laughs> Nothing against Pat, but I mean, like he's not he he's not a comedian, like no, you said. he's not. Like, it's, so it's just like they're just waiting. But you think about Arsenio's show. A very rowdy audience intentionally with the barking and all that. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. But a totally different layout. There was yeah. no desk. Arsenio wore like casual contemporary clothes for the time. Again, he seemed modern. Yes. Like they would sit like in these chairs and just like hang out. Yeah. It wasn't formal at all. Mm-hmm. He would get people that the kids and teenagers wanted to see. And that was the big thing. Pat Sajak was competing essentially with Johnny Carson's audience. Right. Arsenio was getting their kids. Yeah, he was just getting a different audience. Yeah, he was he, just going for the people who weren't watching this shit. Right, he was getting 
teenagers or kids that weren't supposed to be up that late that were right. watching TV by accident. Right? And that was a popular thing to do. I saw Arsenio in the early 90s or that way. Or even kids in their late teens who were old enough to, you know, yeah. their parents weren't policing them at their bedtime anymore. They right. were 17 or something, right? Exactly. It's like they're like, okay, like, wow, <laughs> these are the people I give a shit about are on this show. Right. Even cooler... I'm not saying a funnier comedian or whatever, but even cooler, I think, perception-wise than David Letterman, mm-hmm. who was the the guy, obviously, after the Tonight Show in the 1230 slot. He's the same age as Pat Sajak, right. Letterman. Arsenio was like 10 years younger than both of them and just had a totally different feel. So he was stealing whatever, I don't know, if, if you're like 19, you're not going to be watching the... F- Pat fucking Sajak show, are you? This is where (laughs) the whole, like, how we were talking about at the beginning of, like, this is kind of a risky proposition, especially the way they're doing it. I keep thinking as we're talking about this show Mm -hmm. about how much better they would have been served if they literally just used their all-star news team to compete against Nightline instead. Can you topple Koppel, though, Quinn? Yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) I don't know if you... I think you can because Koppel's secondary in the ABC canon already. What do you mean? He's uh, not. He's not like. Well, he's not an anchor. He's not Peter Jennings yeah, or anything. Peter Jennings is an anchor. Koppel is a presenter and an interviewer. I know, but that it's was a always, different thing. I'll tell you what. On this, just on the you doing the hierarchy of ABC News now. On, on the side you here, are, I want to say this. That's what he's doing? I always thought it was awkward that Koppel was the host of that, and not either Barbara Walters, Baba Waba, or. Um, Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings. Because they did yeah. other things, 2020 and all that. I, yeah, I'm just, I just. Nightline all, was Koppel's show, man. I'm, that's what I mean. Koppel, it, it's no wonder that when Nightline kind of like fizzled out or whatever, like, or that Koppel just left and you never heard from him again. He retired. I, I just. What's just, your problem with Ted Koppel? Or that other weird guy with the weird eyebrows. What's his name? Sam Donaldson. Yeah, he's fine. Don't bring him up on this program, <laughs> Quint. We're, we're way he off. He seems way more serious than Koppel. <laughs> Apple is grandfatherly, damn it. <laughs> All right. Listen, here's the bottom line, though. This is a very interesting question to ask, right? If Pat Sajak is doing The Tonight Show, essentially, mm-hmm. but The Tonight Show is still on, why wouldn't you just watch The Tonight Show? It, well, that's what people did. Right. <laughs> so why did they this do that? The show even expected that to happen. Like, they weren't even like, again, this is all just like, it seems in theory, again, put your flag on the moon and just wait, right? But in practice, it's not happening. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> you know the the old saying, shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll land upon the stars? Uh-huh. I think they shot for the ankle. Yeah. Like, they weren't trying for shit here. They're just mm-hmm. like, this show will be okay. Why don't you watch it sometimes instead of Johnny? Shot for space garbage. <laughs> yeah. like space dust or just whatever. Space dust. But, like, seriously, what, yeah. they're like, yeah, it, it'll be all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> what kind of marketing <laughs> pitch is that? It'll be, yeah. Well, maybe they think, oh, we're putting some humor in it. Like, we're, we're, we're laughing with everyone it. else. They know this is going to be crap. But like, it's like, <laughs> like, let the, like, that's the joke, right? Unlike Chevy, who's like, I suck at this, and it's going to suck. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. What was that, by the way, as, like, a joke? Like, it, other late-night hosts have done that when they've, like, debuted their shows. It's like, yeah, we know this is going to suck. Like, I said, like, ha ha! <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Conan did it. Yeah. But to Conan's... In Conan's defense, nobody knew who the fuck that guy was. Yeah. Like, Chevy and Pat Sajak were known, right? Right. Conan, like, who is Conan O'Brien? This is red-headed dude <laughs> yeah. you've never seen in your life. He's, like, 6'4", and, yeah. you know, he's like... You don't know who I am. And we're like, yeah, you're right. We don't. Yeah. You're totally right, Conan. It's true. But anyway, as you might expect, very quickly after the debut, ratings kept falling to the point that uh, the Pat Sajak show was behind The Tonight Show, clearly. Nightline. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and Arsenio. Who Basically I need, everyone. Yeah, and I need to remind you, Arsenio syndicated. Right. You're on CBS and you're behind a syndicated show. Not a good look. Yeah. Nobody is happy with well, that. Well, we are in the glory days of syndicated. We to are. be fair to syndicated, again, Star Trek, it's on by now. Like, it, <laughs> Yeah, Star Trek Tracker, it is on. Yeah, I, a lot it's of outer getting space high ratings, one, bro. A lot of astronomy in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just mean to say is that like syndicated had proved itself... We're at the point, and this is kind of unfortunate for Pat Sajak, but Syndicated had proved that it could, like, deliver. It did. And the ratings, and, and here we go, once again, another example. You're right. It doesn't just have to be reruns of Mama's Family or whatever. Exactly. Stupid show. Uh, Pat's... <laughs> no, it's, it's Underrated. Kiss My Grits. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. That's not I it. know it's Alice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, unfortunately, the other thing here is that Pat's work ethic, or maybe not work ethic, maybe his just dedication to the show... Mm-hmm was also somewhat called into question because there were reports that he was very professional, meaning he'd come in at noon, he'd tape his show from 5.30 to 6.30, and then he'd be out the door by 6.45. And there's nothing wrong with the workman-like hours there. But if you think about how driven David Letterman was, Mm -hmm. Jay Leno, like, notoriously, like, obsessing over his monologue, Arsenio, and even, like, Carson's team, probably not Johnny himself by that point, but, like, the Carson people... I don't think it's enough of a recipe to just be like, I'm the host. What are we doing today? Come in and leave. Well, you know okay. what I'm saying? So I want to, here's the thing. Pat Sajak has a successful show on You're right, right now. Like, why the fuck? You're does, right. Like, why even put in more than the hours <laughs> that are required of him on his contract? What? Like, why? You're I'm, ser- I'm serious. Okay. Like, let that be CBS's stupid problem to figure out if the show's good or not. Or, you, and make it better. You're basically saying, fuck you, pay me, right? Hey, like, again, they this, signed the contract. this is the risk you get when somebody already has a show that is on, <laughs> that is getting better ratings probably than this stupid thing that they're doing. Like, I'm just saying. Syndication, too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if his goal was to be a really successful show, then maybe he should have worked harder. But if his goal is just to do this job that he's been contracted to do... But what 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 is his motivation to have a really successful show when he already has a really <laughs> successful show? That's all I'm getting okay, at. Okay, you know what? I think your logic is sound, Th- this Quinn. Is what, this, is, this is CBS's logic is not sound. That's why they're in the toilet yeah. still, by the you, way. You gotta pick somebody there. who's hungry. Right? Exactly. You, you got to feel like somebody's going to try. Pat's already known throughout the country. Pat's eating good. This is $62,000 a week. Fuck it. Like, you know, like I, I'll just go do wheel after I'm done with this. My normal job. You're right. I can't argue that. Like, that's the thing is they paid him so much. He really didn't have a reason to care if you kind of, you know, like in a weird way, because again, this is like his side gig. It is. And it they're is. just, they're like giving him more money. <laughs> He's probably not writing a single joke himself. No. Right? Like I, <laughs> and I absolutely don't blame him. I don't think I, I really bl- don't blame him. I don't think he's picking guests. I yeah. think they're just hey Pat, you want um Meredith Baxter? I gotta okay. go think about Wheel of Fortune. Right. That, that's where it's that's where my bread is buttered. Uh, that, because yeah. when this shit inevitably gets canceled, I'm just gonna go back to Wheel of Fortune and then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the paychecks as long as they come over here. Fair, fair that, analysis. That, that's I I'm serious. Fair analysis. Uh, so, when, when did you fart, uh, start uh, developing your skill? Oh, just settle down. By the fall of 89, things were not going well. All right. Remember, the show started in January. By Halloween or so, <laughs> it was not going well. And CBS said, you know what we're going to do? 
We're going to shorten this show to 60 minutes, like regular fucking shows. (laughs) What a great idea. I don't know what they thought they were doing with 90, man. Seriously. I think they thought maybe the once Johnny Carson's over, people will join Pat. And then those people that did that, eventually they'll be like, wow, I like Pat better. And then they'll start. Might watching think of that, that in, instead. You might be right, but you yeah. know what those people did when Carson's over? They just watched Letterman. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Letterman's exactly. good. <laughs> or I don't know if how was it a range where Pat was on slightly earlier no. than... No, okay. He started at the same time Johnny did. Okay. In January of 90, around the one-year anniversary of this show that was still on after one year, uh, Howard Stringer of CBS said that we are strongly committed to the show. So strongly that the month later, they... Um, Started having guest hosts every Friday. <laughs> this is funny, Quinn. They changed the set. They went from being a clone of The Tonight Show to a clone of Arsenio. Yeah, that's predictable. They got rid of the desk. Yeah. Pat started wearing like sweaters and shit. Not just casual attire. And they would just sit on like the little chairs and talk. Mm-hmm. The sidekick banter was gone. All of The Tonight Show elements were phased out. And now it was like, hey, it's Arsenio. Now, it's want- a, now, now let's go. Let's go to Mars. Yeah. And get that land. But what, somebody's already there. Yeah, Arsenio uh, yeah, Hall. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's this, Here we go again. Yeah, here it's we go again. same fucking logic. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Uh, nice of you to be here. Glad you're with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just noticed a big improvement. This show continues to improve. If it's any more improved, we're going straight to the Smithsonian next to Archie Bunker's chair. Look at this. We have Apple here. We had a... Oh, look at this. Isn't that nice? Are these real? Uh, so having Friday guest hosts after one year... This is not Johnny Carson where Johnny's like, I don't want to work all these days. This is CBS being like, we don't want you to be here. We want to see if there's somebody better every Friday. Yeah. You know what I mean? CBS announced yesterday that Pat Sajak is going to have a guest host on the Pat Sajak show on Friday night. You know, that Pat's our guy. We love Pat. We're behind this guy a thousand percent. Pat will be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But on Friday night, we'll have somebody else hosting the Pat Sajak show. And they asked the drone at CBS why, and the drone said, well, because we want to look at new talent. Hey, Pat, (laughs) do you hear a clock ticking somewhere off in the distance? Even during February sweeps of 1990, Pat's show was now averaging about a 2.6 rating. By comparison, The Tonight Show, 5.6. Right. I mean... Just to show the disparity. But none of this is surprising at this point. No, no. Like, right... No, none of it is. And also, unsurprisingly, there were rumors starting to swirl that either the show was going to just be canceled or maybe Pat Sajak himself would be replaced. And again, when you have guest hosts in there, I, I understand that. You right. know, One of the guest hosts on the March 30th, 1990 episode was Rush Limbaugh. Yes. Did anyone ask for this? Like, this well, is really, come on. It's an odd choice because he's not a comedian, right? Uh, well, he's a but, political guy, which means you appeal to only 50% or, or so ish so. of the audience. Unless so you're it, Ross Perot. Is this like, man, we're only getting like like 10% of the audience. Maybe we can at least get 50%, right? <laughs> like, by this guy. Like, this guy's limited from the onset. In that regard, he is. I guess um, this show is the most famous one of the Pat Sajak show, incidentally. But it doesn't even have Pat Sajak on it. Correct. He gets into a tizzy at some point uh, with women in the audience about some issues, which we don't need to get into, but you can watch it for yourself. But let's just see the opening here, okay? okay. We'll see if he does any happy talk and stuff. He's so young here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He's still very big. For those of you at home, not everyone stood up. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. 
Yet they were applauding, that so we were happy really there. small compared to him. Uh, greetings, first. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the saying. Pat Sajak Show. My name is Rush Limbaugh. It's R-U-S-H. It's in a hurry. L-I-M as in maternity, B-A-U-G-H. Who am I? What you just saw was true. I am. It's not even close. The most listened to radio talk show host in America. After being on the air on a national Mike show Francesa? <laughs> for only 20 months. Is this an accident? No. <laughs> Is it the result of strategic planning? Yes. It- All right, enough. Why does the audience feel like uneasy? They, they don't know like, what the, to the, expect. Like, the like scared laugh. They- <laughs> <laughs> like he might come out there and yell at them or something. Like this guy sounds like he's giving me a lecture on like I am good because <laughs> I tried or something. It was a little Francesa ass. Yeah. Well, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I got the highest rated show. Can I check the numbers? Can I just say like do do in, living, in huh? broadcasting in general, I never want to hear the host say. As a as a like a brag that I have the highest rated like it's so obnoxious. What do like, you do for a living, huh? Yeah, what, what I doing? hate it. Okay, like, you know how much I get paid? Yeah. Okay. Now I want to turn it off so you have one uh, less rating. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, by the way, <laughs> incidentally, you are listening to the highest rated Pat Sajak show recap podcast right, episode yeah, of all and time. Please, we're, that, we're good. We tried. Or yeah, we something. tried so hard. Okay, first of all, okay, that doesn't even sound like me. And wait a second. Uh... Who are Joe Marauder and Michelle Quinn? Bottom line is, this is March of 1990 now, right before Hulk Hogan fell to the Ultimate Warrior mm-hmm. at WrestleMania six. Well, the in, in various other news. Yes, and, and speaking of <laughs> and speaking of space, uh, the ratings. No matter how you slice it, guest host or no guest host, Arsenio clone, Tonight Show clone. Mm-hmm. They were not justifiable for this existing anymore by this point. Yeah. As we entered the spring of 1990, they just weren't. Let me it, get. They, they might as well have gotten like Morton Downey Jr. to guest host too. He, he was uh, a guest on the show. <laughs> and people might think we're kidding around here, but you're in films now. You're in films. Yes, uh, out here uh, right now. As a matter of fact, uh, doing uh, Predator Two. <laughs> I assume you play the title role. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, wrong. No. I'll give Pat Sajak this. The guest list is like, it's some good people. Yeah, you know I, what even I mean? when you said the first one, I mean, like, even though Chevy Chase, whatever. whatever. But I he mean, was doing Christmas Vacation they, soon. They had other people. It didn't seem that bad. They had, like, Jim Henson on. Yeah. With Kermit. Yeah, you know, that's stuff good. Like that. People was, like Kermit. Kermit yeah. equals ratings, okay? And things are going terrific. Now you're on a new primetime television mm-hmm. show. It's kind of a, I think that's kind of a breakthrough, don't you? Uh, well, I, I, I guess it is, uh, but uh, actually, we frogs sort of think of it as uh, as just the beginning. Yeah. Well, so you you've got more shows with frogs uh, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I've been working on a few of them. Yeah. Hi ho, Pat Sajak. Why do you have the show? But no, you ever the, notice adults like the Muppets more than kids? Because it's been a, uh, it's mainly an, the Muppets was an adult ish show. That's true. It's just so funny to me because they're supposed to appeal to kids, but like. Like I mean, like adults just like every adult I've ever met just like fucking melts when Kermit shows up. They're just like, oh come on, like it's Kermit. Remember that Muppet movie with Jason Segel and who was it? It was so good, so good. Yeah, it was. That was when I had my adult Muppet moment. I was with you. Yeah, I was just like, this is amazing. (laughs) Great film. Look at how good this is. (laughs) Look, look how pleasant. Like it's just, it's just like come hang out with us. The Muppets are here. Very earnest. Yeah, right. The performances are very earnest. (laughs) They're like jokes about how they're like telethon just has crap ratings yeah, and they, yeah. they've been like all self-deprecating it's true speaking of crap ratings uh cbs announced on april 9th 1990 the ultimate warrior is now the champion in other news uh <laughs> that, that we are canceling the pat sajak show the final show will be airing april 13th to no one's surprise no. 
And the other funny thing here, and this is very fit, very fitting. Pat Sajak was on an already planned uh, vacation in Europe. Which I'm sure the pictures were nice on wheel. Well, I'm sure they were. Yeah. In the happy talk with Vanna. So uh, his guest host, (laughs) this is just perfect. The final episode of the Pat Sajak show was hosted by a guest host. Of course it was. Paul Rodriguez, who was a comedian. I don't know if you've heard of him. Actor. He ever make it? Not huge. No, but he's somewhat notable. So he hosted on April 13, 1990, the final Pat Sajak show. And that was it. CBS went back to putting drama, crap, and syndicated, you I know, whatever. I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's, it, it's going to get the same ratings with less production. Pretty much. Incidentally, though, what, what's interesting about the failure of the Pat Sajak show, and as we mentioned, not a colossal one or an embarrassing one like the five-week-long Chevy Chase show. Right. Like, that, that shit's embarrassing. Yeah, what's so, like, already what's so weird is just it's not, it's competent. Yes, it's fine. Yeah. Even Pat said, like, the problem was people didn't want to watch it. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, it. We weren't doing a show that people wanted to see. Yeah. It wasn't really him as the host. He's fine. Yeah. But, like, why am I watching this? <laughs> Welcome to the big show. It's a nice desk. Yeah, it's a good desk. I used to have my own desk. Yeah, well, <laughs> they come, they go. Yeah. I can't even people went through the effort of, like, talking shit about his work ethic like as if well, that like no offense as if that was going to change the situation okay f- well and, like if he tried harder they were going to beat johnny carson right yeah like, that's fair come Quinn. on i also don't think that, that was not even like that and maybe that pat's the real smart one here he, he realized for all they all milked them the did. system yeah man. i guess you're right though i mean I, like him or not pat sajak's a competent fellow you know seems like an easygoing person for the most part quirky sense of humor he was not going to be the guy to uh to take over the late night jurisdiction after carson no, stepped down he just never was he wasn't a groundbreaking transformative comedian the way like kind of letterman was in the early days he wasn't he didn't have the the work ethic of jay leno right to like i'm gonna ensure that my show is good you know also, what i mean why did they call it the pat sajak show and not like the the evening, you know, something like something tonight related. I don't know. I can't it, answer that because that you. just locks you in, in my opinion. That's true. You'd have to change the name if you replaced them. The only time that ever really worked was the David Letterman show because people knew, like, David Letterman isn't on during the day. Like, you know what I mean? They just know. And it was late night with David Letterman, <laughs> late night, but yeah. even then. And then the late show. The, the failure of the show, though, is what led Rod Perth of CBS to speak. With a lady named Helen Kushnick, who was Jay Leno's manager, mm-hmm. and CBS offered Jay Leno that huge deal for a late night show against Johnny, which led to Jay saying no. Which and led to the movie The Late Show. It did. Good good movie. The Late Shift or whatever. And then Helen getting NBC to commit to Jay getting The Tonight Show, which led to Letterman leaving NBC and going over to the same CBS, finally giving CBS a successful late night show. And it's all because of Pat Sajak. Yeah, good for Pat Sajak. So we had a positive contribution. See, there you go. Pat Sajak, you know, he, he served a purpose. He did. What's wrong with Pat here, man? You know, normally we would talk about the legacy of the show. There isn't one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I doubt and all you can say all you can really say is Pat Sajak did a late night show then he went back to wheel yeah that and that's it like, uh, <laughs> yeah pretty much it wasn't bad it just wasn't anything it's like saying how was your glass of water it just kind of exists <laughs> yeah it kind you know? of exists to like 
be a weird footnote because it's one well, of those these things, are really good cornflakes. But it's one of those things like nobody even remembers because it's just so nothing, right? Uh, you know what I mean? Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I don't, you probably wouldn't remember. I know you have a really good memory, as do I, with recall when we were like three or four. Do you remember when this was on? No, I actually do, and that's because as a very uh, attentive three and four year old, I loved Wheel of Fortune. Right. Apparently, I used to call it Wheel of Sportune. My grandmother told me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you're attracted to the big wheel and Vanna and the dresses and all that, right? Yeah, just, but this is not that. No, this, is, this is a boring, like, right. we're going to talk for two hours. You're correct, but I do remember, see? Uh, see? <laughs> Listen to me here, Sonny, see? I do remember uh, turning on the daytime version, and I was like, who's Bob going? <laughs> and I remember, I think it was my mom or maybe my grandfather said, well, he's the host now because Pat Sajak hosts a show at night. Well, there you have it. That's that. That's probably most of your recall of yeah. this is simply not the show itself. Not the show. Just that your mom said he left yes. to do this other thing. And bear in mind, Bob Goen era. So it's after Rolf Bernischka, who, as we all know, is the one that took over for yeah, Pat. Everyone <laughs> knows that. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, why did we do this? <laughs> I feel like our lives here on this show wouldn't be complete in this little late night occasional yeah. occasional canon that we have without mentioning the most inoffensive, like boring but not bad talk <laughs> right. show thus far, right? But I feel like to complete the circle show, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. No, please here, complete but it. Like, shouldn't we be talking about Arsenio? Well, yeah, we will. I mean, eventually, we will. Don't, yeah. Don't like, worry. We just, have to. just saying, like, we have that's to. Like extra nothing. In this situation, <laughs> but it's so funny that it's even Joan Rivers is more like interesting. Yeah, than this. The, the story there is more interesting. The Chevy Chase one is just funny to make fun of because it's yeah. so shitty. Yeah, <laughs> horrible, terrible. Pat's is just like I'm going to do this show. It's it'll, it won't be that good. It'll be okay. Yeah. It's, it's it's. I think that and and I think that's almost like a good like conclusion. To yes, this, is that it's a show that was designed to just be okay. Like and that's it. And like, it certainly and, was. And it was okay. It, it succeeded to that think, end. If you think, if you like, if you really think for a second, it succeeded as its objective as being just an okay thing. Yeah, I think right? so. Like, it's not offensive. It's just there. I think you're right. And uh, listen, folks, if you did, because we got people older, if you did watch the Pat Sajak show, or if you remember when it was announced and you're like, why the hell is this guy have a talk show? We want to hear. Yes, we want to hear your Pat Sajak show memories. Right. <laughs> if there are any. Are there? Do those exist? Maybe on the moon, Michael. Yeah. Thank you for coming to our astronomy lesson as yeah. well as this recap. I love the- that that metaphor went through like the whole thing. Uh, it's very good, Glenn. <laughs> Give you all the credit in the world there. Good broadcasting. Uh, and we also caught you up on the WWF title scene from April of 1990. <laughs> so there's always Which that. Which more interesting thing than yes, this. Yes, I would agree with you. But folks, one way or another, we certainly do appreciate you being with us here. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast. Join our Facebook group and please leave us a nice little review if you don't mind. Uh, next week, we'll be back for something completely different and it's Quinn's pick. I'm paying uh, my price next week. So we'll mm. see what we got in store. Until that time, thank you so much for being with us here. We'll see you next week for more As to Wash Memories. See ya! Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Bye.